Today it is Friday, and I am happy to say it is Friday. It is December 18th. This year has rolled on through in a slogging and very COVID fashion. Twas brillig and crumbly and such. Yeah, it's been a weird, 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 weird year, to say the least, right? I mean, here we are looking at Christmas a week away, a week away. Is everybody ready? A week away, a week away. Um, and we've got, you know, holiday season upon us. COVID is worse than ever. People are, are, you know, concerned about even further lockdowns. Um, basically all of Southern California has a hundred percent usage of ICU beds. So there's nowhere for you to go if you have, uh, you know, a bad reaction or you're or you need an ICU bed for any reason I mean if you're in an accident or have a stroke or whatever uh intensive care units are pretty much at capacity everywhere in all of Southern California there's nowhere to take you if things go bad I'm wondering about that ship that was supposed to um come you know that we had earlier in the year that they parked off of the coast of San Francisco or was it in LA Harbor um, but they had a, uh, you know, a hospital, military hospital ship parked for a while. Um, you know, where's that and why aren't we using that again? Or maybe we are and that's full too. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I, I understand that we got to keep things going and keep people's livelihood going. I mean, I more than most understand that, you know, my, my swim team has not been active for 10 months now or nine months and going on 10 months. And, uh, um, you know, I, I get it. I get it. That's, that was my, that was my job, the place I went to every day and it's not there anymore. It doesn't exist. Um, you know, and, and we hope to start it back up when we have access to a swimming pool, but, you know, school districts are, are saying we can't let you use any of our facilities. And, and, you know, and even if, we could, we probably won't because we're concerned about the liability of somebody using our facilities and then, you know, getting COVID and dying and suing us. And so we're, we're not going to let you use the space. And so, you know, lots of, of youth sports are shut down as much as, you know, people talk about the pro sports going on and stuff. Well, these are adults and they're professionals and they're well compensated to take risks. Uh, you know, most people don't want to put their kids out in any kind of risk. That said, you know, speaking up for the swimming world, you're you're basically swimming in a bath of of chlorine. It's it's going to kill off most of any viruses. Um, there are specialists who have come out and said that, you know, uh, the chlorine in a swimming pool is is an effective antiviral agent to the point where it'll kill off even hardier viruses than the SARS virus that causes COVID, and that uh, you know it's a relatively low risk environment. I mean. Sure, if you come up and lick somebody on the face, that's not a good thing. You know, during this time period, it never was a good thing. But, you know, hey, 10-year-olds. Um, but uh, anyhow, uh, you know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And, uh, you know, we gotta got to try to stay healthy and do, you know, the best we can with our holidays and not, uh, not go stir-crazy at the same time. So um, we are now three days away from... 
the conjunction. Saturn and Jupiter will be basically lined up and make a very bright dot in the sky for you to stare at. Um, this is sort of a Christmas star, so we'll see how this goes. Here's Aaron. Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I am good. I'm having a hard time hearing you, though. Your, your voice is low. That's interesting. Okay, because I am. Uh, oh, that's I hear you. That's better. Oh, okay. Well, I hear you fine on my side, and and I'm peaking my meter, so I can't make it any louder. No, no, no. That, it's better. It was just soft for I don't know. Yeah, it was just soft I don't know. For a bit. Yeah, Skype sometimes takes a minute of us both talking to sort of equalize. I've noticed that before when I'm skyping into the radio station and stuff, and so. I know that's a little bit inside baseball for people who, who listen, but uh, that's how we connect with each other and talk is using Skype as a point-to-point connection. And, uh, you know, it ain't great, but it is what it is. It's what we got. It is so, what it is. Yeah. So I was talking about the the great planetary conjunction on the 21st. It's oh, getting closer. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Now, remember, everybody, it'll be low in the sky, only 15 degrees above the horizon. So, you know, if you're parked next to a mountain, you might have to move around a little bit in order to see it. But, uh, um, yeah, it's going to be kind of cool. We're, we're you in know. The, in the north, right? That's where we're going to I'm verifying that right now, but uh, my browser is taking a moment to load the page. So we'll see what the fine folks here say. Like I said yesterday, I'm not typically excited about celestial events, but this one I really want to see. Yeah, I enjoy. I enjoy it. Okay, it's going to be in the southwest sky, and it'll be about an hour after sunset. On the 21st. On the 21st. An hour after sunset in the southwest sky. And, and that would be uh, Monday, right? The 21st is Monday? Uh, yeah, today is the 18th, so the 21st is Monday. Monday! Monday! don't know why i did that but you know felt like it (laughs) i felt like it i'm gonna do it um yeah so um you know that's kind of cool um you know uh it's one of those things that um uh you know you don't get to see often and that's kind of the thing about celestial stuff is that a lot of the celestial things are things that are not super common you know I mean, if you if you're willing and have the funds to go traveling around the world, you can go see a you know a lunar eclipse or I mean a solar eclipse, you know, fairly regularly. But most people are fairly stationary. We live where we live, yes. and you know, odds of a, a a total eclipse coming over you, you know, you may get a couple in your lifetime. You know, unless you go out of your way to go hunting for them, and so you know, those are exciting. It's kind of a fun thing to experience, and. Uh, you know, likewise, something like this, this planetary conjunction. I mean, this will happen once every, uh, you know, eight or ten lifetimes. So it's it's even more rare. Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, I've heard I've heard conflicting reports, but some say that the last time this happened was in the 13th century. So it's been 800 years. So. Yeah, yeah. You and I were talking about it yesterday and and uh, and I had an article up that was sort of telling us when. And, yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I think there was and something in the 1600s and something in like the 1280s or something like that. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. By the way, sunset today is going to be 4:44 p.m. and so it'll be about you know uh, a little before five. 
So a little before six would be the best time to be viewing it on Monday. So Just nice, for people who nice, are nice. wanting to look for times. And, and when we said sunset, you know, well, what does that mean? So if you happen to be working and you happen to be commuting on Monday, maybe you want to just say, hey, I'll work a little late and I can go stand in the parking lot before I start driving home and stare out at the sky and see Jupiter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's a thing, but I made it up. Jupiter. There you go. So, uh, yes. it's yeah. It's like Brangelina. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you line up and you see one. Until they have a nasty divorce and hate each other. God. It's Hollywood. It's Hollywood. So what can we say? So that was kind of cool. On the radio show today, we had um, the creators of the documentary, Purdue. And, uh, you know, it's it's nice to have somebody saying, hey, you know, this place that is sort of beaten down and 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 then came covid like the rest of the world um but you know it's it's a place where people have been economically struggling and it's nice to point out that you know economic struggle struggles don't necessarily equate to to despair and and frustration and that uh that the tenacity of of a group of people living in in a place that's had some difficulties admittedly um you know is it's nice to see and it's very uplifting and Holidays is a great time to uh, to experience that. It is. I have been, you know, um, blown away by the young people that I have met um, and the families that I have met in San Bernardino. You think that they face so many difficult odds, mm -hmm. and, and yet they persevere, and they do it, you know, joyfully. And yeah. for those who need a little extra help, that help is there. There are people in the city who, that's what they do. They want, they want to help. Uh, residents, you know, be the best that they can yeah. be. And so they, they're, that's what, that's the work that they do. And a lot of that work is coming from the school district. Now there are lots of organizations that, that do good work, uh, but the school district does, uh, you know, has a really diverse set of yeah. services beyond just educating children. Yeah. And, the impact um, on your child is, is phenomenal. And so you need to, you know, do your best to support your schools and support the teachers and the volunteers that make all their great programs go. Because like you said, they, they do so much beyond just education. I mean, people don't realize, and this was a big concern when COVID first hit, is how many kids get a lot of their food during the day through their school district, you know, and that's, yes. it's not, not a minor thing. Yes. And you they know. may not really have a meal when they get home. Right. And, uh, you know, there are some there are there are some schools where they'll set up, you know, setting back uh, setting backpacks home on the weekends so the kid has food over the weekend uh, yep. because the kid may not have food. Yeah. Yeah. And they get the food from a variety of different places. But very often the people handing it out are the teachers and staff that work at the school. You know, it's like on their on their own time. They go and volunteer and say, hey, you know, let's make sure this gets distributed. And so they're the ones, yes. you know handing it out and and you know a lot of schools since covid hit has have had uh you know sort of drive through or drive by pickups for for uh food and household goods so that uh so that you know those that need the help can get it and uh you know and anybody who who works with youth whether it be through uh you know coaching or teaching or uh you know even if you're on staff at one of these schools and your job is you know maintenance or 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 
landscaping or something, you know, you're around these kids and you feed off that energy. And it's, uh, you know, it's what keeps you going. I know I miss it. Um, uh, and I know the teachers that are teaching, you know, are doing the best job that can be done in the situation, but they miss having kids in the classroom and being able to talk to them and to, uh, to uh, you know, work with them in a classroom environment. And, you know, online, we're making it work, but it's not ideal. No, it's not. And I know Tobin spent a lot of time this summer volunteering at the, the food distribution because the uh, nutrition services department in his district needed the help and because there were just yeah. so many more, more people and it was out of the norm the way they had to package things and everything mm -hmm. had changed. And he had tremendous joy from handing out that food. He really enjoyed mm -hmm. doing that. And, uh, you know, kudos to the classified staff and the school districts that uh that do all of the all of the hard work i mean not all of the hard yeah. work but much of the hard work um you know the the custodians and the food service and the secretaries and so many others yeah yeah now one of the most fun days i had was um you know shortly after we had the lockdown and everybody was sort of sent home on their merry way uh the uh, high school that i coach for we got together one of the kids on the team had a birthday and so uh, we organized a one of those, you know, one of, it was early on, one of the drive-by birthday celebrations. So everybody drove by and, and you know, we handed gifts out the window and, and uh, he stood on his driveway and and uh, uh, and we all waved and and uh, honked and and, you know, just and, and just the, the queuing up beforehand at, at a nearby school before we, you know, in our cars before we left and and walking, you know, by the cars and and seeing each of the faces and waving to them and saying, hey, thanks for turning out. And, and uh, you know, I think everybody enjoyed that because it was a chance to just see each other as a group. Um, and, uh, you know, and that really was sort of the last time that we did was, you know, but at least we were able to do it on our own terms instead of just, oh, yeah, I remember that practice yesterday. That's the last one you're ever going to have. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a chilly morning. It is. I. That's what I was saying. Is we, you know, I know we had to get going because we had a busy uh, um, uh, lineup today on the radio show. But as we started up, I was saying it's kind of cold out. My thirty-foot uh, commute was chilly. <laughs> like, oh, you know, it's. I never seem to peg it right, you know, and it's weird because you'd think you could from inside get it, or maybe I just need to hang us, you know, a jacket or something next to the door. But, uh, you know, it's like some mornings I, I grab a sweatshirt before I come out and some and but most mornings I don't. And it seems like I, I never quite hit it right. You know, I come out and it's chilly and I guess I could turn around and go back in and get it. But once I get to the shack, it's comfortable. It's, you know, it's it's uh, what is it takes me maybe 10 seconds to walk the 30 feet if, if I'm taking my time, you know, so I guess I shouldn't complain. <laughs> but uh... yeah, I don't feel sorry for you, Todd. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like I was saying, you know, I've got this set up. It's like this is this is uh, uh, livable space, man. If if my uh, house fell apart, I could probably just hang out here for a while. Uh, might have to move some of my junk around so I could, you know, have enough floor space to lay down and sleep. But other than that, so. And I've actually been doing some some cleaning. You know, I go through phases. Like I'm, I bring stuff from storage, and so I have boxes stacked in my little bitty space here. As I go through the boxes, then, you know, then I clean that space out again. And once I kind of make some room, then I go and get some more boxes. <laughs> I try to try to sort through 
my collection of, you know, lifelong collection of junk, uh, and how much do I need it? You know, we should start like raffling off and on the radio show. People call in and buy a, you know, a box of Todd's crap, um, <laughs> and you win. You know, and it's like you know, twenty-year-old uh, computer cables and some, you know, still in the box, unused hard drive enclosures and things like that. It's like, huh? When did I buy this and why? You want a TRS eighty? TSR-80, you've won a Commodore yeah. VIC-20. Yeah, hey, we've got a zip drive for you. <laughs> you know, I remember uh, a friend of my, on my bowling league who, uh, he's a chemist. And he was an independent chemist at that point in time. And so he created different compounds for companies on contract. And those compounds that he created, he kept them in Excel spreadsheets. And those were so valuable to him that he kept a copy of them on his person at all times. And oh, at that seriously? point in time, they didn't fit on a floppy drive. So he literally carried a zip drive around with him. Now, if you don't remember, zip drives were half inch thick and about, you know, four inches by four inches square. So they didn't actually fit neatly into a pocket or anything, but he, he carried one around all the time. Because wow. it was sort of like a portable hard drive um, that he carried and uh, and always had it with him. Uh, and in fact, he and I talked about that and that was, you know, he was trying to find something because as his, his stash was outgrowing the size of a floppy, he wanted to know what could he put it on. Uh, and then when they came out with the very first, um, thumb drives, the little solid state ones, uh, I said, Hey, this is better. You can keep this on a chain around your neck if you want, <laughs> you know? And so and he, he went, and I remember, Oh yeah, he did. He went and bought one of those, uh, er, one of the early ones, and I think it probably cost him like three or four hundred dollars for this thing that that held, you know, a couple of megabytes of space. But uh, but once he had that, that was like, oh, this is so much better. Uh, and he kept, you know, a copy of everything that he uh, he kept it a copy in a uh, safe deposit box, and then he kept a copy on himself. And those are the only two copies that existed of all of his formulas. Wow. Uh, and, you know, he, he did all kinds of stuff. He specialized in special formulations of plastics. And, in fact, he had sold a, uh, a compound to uh, one of the companies that makes bowling balls. And so that was, what, you know, that, that's how we got talking about it. I, was, I didn't even know that's what he did until we were talking about, you know, the bowling balls and the different compounds. And, you know, how, you know, the average person says, well, you know, I know they've got a couple different types of plastics here, especially if you're a bowler, you go like, okay, I understand there's a, there's a composite one here and this is a urethane and this is a, and he picks up on that and suddenly schools me like, you know, for 10 minutes on, on the different aspects of the different plastics and the different um, ways that they can adjust the, the hardness and the, um, the grip that it'll have on the lane as it rolls down the lane and that, how that affects the hook and, and, you know, and the different compounds and how they're created. And I, I just kind of, you know, my jaw hits the floor and I go, so what do you do? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just figured a... it's polyurethane and beyond that, I have no idea. Yeah. And only the cheapest, uh, non-reactive balls are polyurethane. Most people oh. who are good bowlers use a polyurethane ball as a strike ball because they want it to go straight and fast. Um, most of the others are a variation of a urethane with sometimes particles embedded in the plastic in order to uh, affect the way that the, uh, or the, the urethane, um, in order to affect the way that the ball reacts and grips the, the, the uh, lane 
as it rolls down and what that you know there's a, a coefficient a coefficient that they that they use to determine um, you know how how much roll versus spin a ball uh, reacts to and that's a combination of the materials it's made out of and the way the core inside of it is shaped and how it's weighted and there are rules oh. about how it's allowed to be weighted too it's only allowed to have certain amount of you know like the, the, it's not a solid piece of plastic there are a couple layers and in the bottom there's usually in the the most central layer there's a a core and those come in a myriad of different shapes that intentionally make the ball off balance so that it wobbles and by wobbling then a different piece of the ball touches the lane each time it rolls around and that then gets it better grip so that it hooks more well hey and there see i've schooled and that and that's the the extent of my knowledge on a bowling ball and and let me tell you when you talk to a uh, a chemist who specializes in plastics, he can tell you a lot more. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not sure that I'd want to do that. That's not really something I'm interested in, but sure. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I was peripherally interested as a bowler, but the level that he went into was like even, even my guys glassed over. I'm like, okay, not something I do. <laughs> not something I do. Just like I could go into a spiel about, you know, the correcting of a stroke in swimming um you know I, and most people would go uh, um next <laughs> you know so uh yeah yeah wow. tis what it is but it is uh, what it is yeah. you know um I, I remember once when i was in uh, an undergraduate i worked at a at a regional park in first i was a lifeguard and then i mm-hmm. moved into working the bait shop year-round and and it's a bait shop and it's a snack bar and and I remember asking this gentleman who walked up, and as I was putting his order together, I asked him what he does. And he was an engineer of some sort and proceeded to tell me all of the nitty-gritty details of what he did. And I understood yeah. not one word. <laughs> and you look at him going, <laughs> have a nice day. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm really sorry I asked. <laughs> yeah, that's very engineering type of way to answer a question, though, isn't it? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Knowing engineers <laughs> in our lives, we understand that. Love them, love them, but uh, yeah. yeah, they are. I, I was twenty years old, and I was like, really? <laughs> somewhat literal and and very very detail oriented people. <laughs> Indeed. In general, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, your father in is one general. of those people, and so is your nephew. Yeah. Who yeah. would be my son? Yeah, and yes. I, I, I am engineering peripheral, so I'll admit to having done a little bit of that myself, but I, I'm, yeah, I, I think I've uh, further developed my social skills, you know, it's that business, <laughs> that business degree. I always joke, you know, because my mom was an art teacher and a counselor, and my dad was an engineer and worked with computers for a big chunk of his life, and... You know, I, I ended up getting a, an art degree with a minor in psychology and a master's degree in information management and worked in computers most of my life. <laughs> and so it was like, hmm, Apple You're didn't nice far, fall far, you yeah, know. Uh, either Apple. I mean, you are a blending of your parents. Yeah, awesome. yeah, I love your parents. yeah. Which, well, yeah, you know, I mean, it wasn't intentional. It was just sort of me following the whims of what was interesting to me. And and then when you step back and look at it, you go, oh, Yeah. <laughs> Genetics. Mm-hmm. They're wild. Imagine that. <laughs> so anything yeah. happening in the sports world that's interesting? 
well, the NBA preseason is chugging along and, uh, and will kick off on the 22nd with their very first official games. The Lakers will be playing the Clippers to start the season, just as they did this past season. And uh, most uh, people who follow these things have said that they believe that the Lakers are the odds-on favorite to repeat as champions, that they're one of the few teams who, over the uh, the short 54-day break between last season and this season, uh, through trades and uh, and contract acquisitions, have actually gotten stronger. And, of course, they're defending champions, so that's scary for the rest of the league. Uh, yeah, no kidding. But, you know... You can do all the prognosticating you want. You got to actually do it out on the court. So we'll see what happens when it actually happens. But thus far, in watching the preseason, uh, yeah, they're looking really strong. I mean, basically, the two two stars of the team, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, have played you know 15 minutes of one game of the three preseason games, and and the Lakers have been winning by large margins. Uh, uh, well, the last game against Phoenix wasn't a large margin, you know, 10 points or so, which is fairly large in the NBA world. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, they just they just look really, really strong. Uh, in addition to a couple new, um, they've got a, a new rookie. Um, I, I guess he, he's played one season, This is his, but his first season where he's looking like he's actually going to get some playing time. Taylor Horton Tucker, there's a name to remember. THT. He's going to be something, I think, um, just watching him play. He's a very impressive young man. So, um, Do you remember what college he went to? I don't. It wasn't one of the really big-name ones, though, is my recollection. But apparently, he uh, uh, LeBron James got wind of him back when he was in high school and was aware of him, and actually hit the, 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 the uh, management company that... Um, that LeBron James is part owner of uh, manages him. And so when he became available, and of course the Lakers having won, were picking fairly low in the draft, uh, found this guy, he'd been under the radar for most teams, and so they were able to uh, go get him. And uh, so he's known the young man, the man since he was very young. And uh, 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 anyway, we'll see what happens. Taylor Horton Tucker. See if I can find the, the school that he went to. Um, and uh, learn a little bit more about him. Iowa State. Oh. So I guess it wasn't a small school. But, uh, yeah, but, I mean, but it was uh, a, a junior college or something, but it also wasn't. Uh, a, yeah. A, a, nobody, you know. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't a, um, um, a uh, you know, basketball stronghold it wasn't like north carolina or duke or one of you know kansas one of those places where it's like you know there are they're a nba talent factory you know so uh, so part of the reason that he he probably was under the radar as well last night there was a uh, thursday night football game the last thursday night football game of the season and the chargers and raiders went to it and the chargers pulled it out in overtime Way to go, so, Chargers! Yeah, the, I, I've the, heard rumors that they're considering another move. Are those true? Um, you know, I don't know. I've heard the rumors as well. Um, I think that the fine folks in Los Angeles have made it fairly clear that they really don't want them here. <laughs> that well, that so you know, Los Angeles in, has always had a t- hard time with 
with supporting one football team, let alone two. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, mo- th- there are some very, very entrenched fans in L.A. for the Raiders who were here at one time and for the Rams. And those two teams are the ones that have traditional roots here, and that's where the fan base is. And, and you know, people still think of the Chargers as the San Diego team. And San Diego is a large city. You know, they basically left in a huff because they wanted a bigger stadium and or a better stadium. And I, I'm telling you, the uh, the the you know Murph the Joe uh, the Murphy Stadium um, Jack Murphy Stadium Jack Murphy Stadium, which is Qualcomm Stadium now, uh, because they paid money to call it Qualcomm, but it's it's Murphy Stadium as far as I'm concerned. It's it's the Murph. Um, you know, it's it's a great stadium. There's nothing wrong with that place. Uh, you know, yeah, it's not brand new. It's not shiny. But, uh, I, you know, I, I just, I think that uh, it was the, um, they wanted, I think that what they were really trying to do is get a, uh, the Chargers owners, the, um, um, what's their name, the family, they, they just wanted a better deal so that their lease would be cheaper so they could make more money. Um, and they didn't get it, so they said, fine, we're going to pack up. You know, they, the city called their bluff, and so they said, okay, fine. Um, I think that they're better off going back there. That's where they were, were beloved. Although now they've burnt some bridges there, I think a lot of their fan base is like, we don't care about you guys anymore. Yeah, forget so you. We'll, we'll, you left. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, and I haven't heard any rumors about where they might be going, but um, I've heard rumors that they might be leaving L.A., so we'll see. We'll see. The thing that I find interesting is, you know, they they wanted they wanted to be able to spend more money on their team, so they want the taxpayers to pick up the cost of a stadium. It's like, no, no. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. If you got enough money to pay your people more, you've got enough money to work on your own stadium. Yeah. Why well, the thing is, they don't own the stadium. So they didn't want to pay money into a stadium that they didn't own. It was already owned I, by the city. Yeah, but I, I thought, that, okay, I thought that they wanted they wanted the shiny new stadium. They do. They wanted a shiny new stadium. They wanted the city and to it, give them a shiny new stadium. Well, exactly. That's exactly my point. They didn't want to pay yeah. for it themselves. They wanted a shiny new city. Our right. shiny new stadium at the taxpayer's dime on the taxpayer's yeah. dime. Yeah, and I don't see you know exactly. They they're you know, they're I mean, granted this year is an oddity, but um but other than COVID years, you know, the NFL makes money hand over fist. Um I don't see how they couldn't have why they couldn't have cut a deal with the city and said, Hey, we'll put X amount of money into sprucing up your stadium if you match that or something like that. And we'll just we'll go through and we'll do an improvement on the existing stadium. I mean, it's, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with that stadium. I mean, you know, the Packers are playing in a stadium that they built in 1957, for goodness sake, and it works fine. So, um, you know, these these sports teams picking up and leaving because they don't like the way, you know, their stadium or their arena is set up. It's mostly what, what, what they don't want to say, the, un, uh, the unwritten word is. It's not the stadium. It's the deal that they have. They want they want a deal they want a better deal so they can make more money they want to keep more of the money they're making instead of having to pay rent and uh you know yeah well boo-hoo exactly i think most cities should look at them and go you know hey it's not our privilege to have you it's your privilege to be here and exactly. if you don't like it if you don't like it go somewhere else exactly um, get some other yeah. to pay for your stadium yeah that said you know, if the city keeps jacking up the rent because they decide they need more money, then then you know they deserve to lose their teams as well. So um, you know, I don't know, I don't know the details of this whole thing with with uh, with with San Diego and the Chargers, but uh, 
But anyhow, apparently there's some conversation. Apparently that is the conversation, is moving them back to San Diego. Um, well, good. I mean, that's so. where they should be. That's where their fan base is. That's where they yeah. should be. And, you know, Jack Murphy Stadium is iconic in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's Qualcomm, yep. but Jack Mur- Murphy Stadium is iconic in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, that said, apparently a uh, spokesman for the team says that we are fully committed to moving into the new $4.5 billion stadium that we're going to share with the Rams. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. You know, I mean, that that's that's the company line right up until it isn't, right? And so you would expect a, camp, a company spokesperson to say exactly what that is until, until it's officially been announced that they're going to do something else. Yeah. Uh, you know. Do you know that Jack Murphy Stadium officially closed? Uh, well, okay, March 2020. I, is that forever, or is that just for COVID? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, the it's officially closed for COVID. A lot of things shut down the 20th of March or thereabouts. Um, I, yeah, I wouldn't read too much into that right now. I mean, I don't know, maybe, but I hadn't heard anything about it being, like, condemned or anything. You know, oh. I don't think they're tearing it down. I think it's just closed for, for use because, COVID. you know, COVID people crowd bad. <laughs> yeah, there's good podcasting. COVID people bad crowd. Ugh. Exactly. Exactly. Ugh. Oh, so so I want to talk about food in the last few minutes of our conversation today. Exactly. So, um, uh, well, good, which is a a news site, and I found this through Apple News. They have they have a list of six refrigerator foods or six foods. You should always have in your refrigerator uh, for longevity, and uh, uh, you know they 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 talk about the blue zones, and we have talked about that. Um, uh-huh. And a, your refrigerator is a good place to start for longevity. Guess what's number one? Pickles. <laughs> no, what? it's not. It's they store pickles. a long time. They they're you know they're vinegar based. They're uh, they're, they're delicious. They are. Delicious. They're vegetables. I mean, why yeah. wouldn't that be? I thought that was a good guess. Come on. It is a good, it is a good guess. It's just a funny word, pickle. Um, it is. They're actually nuts. So uh, um, apparently, nut eaters outlive those who don't eat nuts. Ah. So. Um, well, that's just nuts. That's right. That uh, small quantities are the best because obviously you don't want to pig out on nuts. You'll weigh 500 pounds. Um, yeah, there's a lot of calories in nuts, but it's good there calories. Are. But they fill you up, right? I mean, it's, 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 I mm-hmm. love nuts and seeds. So, number two is vegetables, and I think pickles would be in there. So, you know, lots of different kinds of veggies, mm-hmm. lots of different colors of veggies, you know. Yeah, Brussels there's lots of places that broccoli. say things like pickles and sauerkrauts are good things to have, and they, they also keep, yes. so. Well, sauerkraut, and I'm pickled maybe too, but sauerkraut is a phenomenal source of probiotics. Right. Yeah, and, and I think I, it depends I, on the type of pickle because, yeah, but you're right. I think they both sort of fall in that area. I think they do. So I think, I'm think i thinking dill pickles, not sweet pickles. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, not the sugary ones. So Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, peppers. Uh, Some gas eggs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Exactly, exactly. So number f- number uh, three on the list is fruit. That uh, yeah. apples, melons, grapefruit, oranges, clementines, everything. Um, that fruit is actually well. healthy. Um, and yeah. uh, and then number four is tofu. I love. So tofu. up until tofu, I had everything that you mentioned in my either in my pantry or my refrigerator. Oh, 
Awesome. So I, I actually love tofu, and I have some in my fridge, and mm-hmm. um, it's a uh, it, it's uh, it's yummy. I I really like it. Number five is fish. I love fish. I'm married to somebody who won't eat it. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. unless it's unless it's fish and chips, and that kind of takes the whole healthy thing out of the equation when it's fish and chips. Yes. You know, so the battered, they, they, dipped, fried Mrs. Paul's they, is not. Yes, yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, no. There's a, there's a delay there. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, they say to favor mid-chain fish like trout, snapper, grouper, sardines, and anchovies, and steer clear of farmed fish, um, as they're typically raised in overcrowded pens that make necess- that make it necessary to use antibiotics, pesticides, and coloring. So. You know, if you have fish... Yeah, farmed salmon is bad. Oh, yeah. Well, farmed catfish is bad, too. Farmed anything is bad. I want catfish that came out of a river this morning. Notice I didn't say... I don't know. Have you seen seen some of the rivers? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, okay. Fair enough. So the next (laughs) thing that they list is alternative milks. Yeah. That's not milk. Well, but indeed, it's the scummy not... stuff that that happens when when you soak almonds in water overnight. But okay, <laughs> so I anyway, know I make I'm, not... I, I'm making fun of it. Alternative milk. So they're talking about, um, I assume, almond milk and uh, soy milk and things like that, right? Yeah, coconut and oat oatmeal. Mm-hmm. So like oats. I love oat milk. I think it has uh-huh. a really lovely flavor. But I love oat milk cookies. Yeah. I love oat everything. Um, yeah, I, I love oatmeal cookies, and I like a lot of oat things, too. I'm not a huge fan of the alternative milks. Um, um, I understand the values of them, and more power to you. Um, I don't drink a lot of milk. We cook with it sometimes. I will tell you something about a way to get um, a milk that is has a longer shelf life. Um, for whatever reason, when you're in your sto- in the store, if you're if you're buying milk, just regular two percent milk, look to see if they have a lactic acid free version, the lactaid milk or a generic version of that. They almost always have a two week longer shelf life because uh, the uh, the removal of that um, uh, the lactic um, acid in there uh, slows the process of the milk spoiling. Oh. Well, so and lactose wanted... is a sugar, so right. Um, yeah, removing I get interesting. Removing the sugar makes it more shelf stable. Well, not shelf yeah. stable, refrigerator stable. Yeah, yeah. So it just That's lasts longer for you that way. So if you if you use milk sparingly. Um, that's a way to make it last a little longer in your fridge. You know, like if you just put a little bit in your coffee in the mornings and that's pretty much all the milk you use, but you can only buy it in, in a quart uh, or a half gallon, um, you know, that way you don't end up throwing a bunch of it away. It's, oh, that's really wasteful. clever. Now, you know, even if you're not, here... even if you're not sensitive to the, to the lactose. So, and it tastes the same. Anyway, Does it says here what? Um, that, yeah, that... it tastes the same. I, you, I blind taste tested it because that's who I am. And, uh, yeah, you can't tell the difference. Well, I couldn't anyway. Oh, cool. So um, they, you know, the, at the end of the article, it talks about um, whether the blue, gu- blue zone guidelines stipulates that eggs are not necessary. And they say you can eat eggs, but just no more than three eggs a week. And um, choose uh, a variety from chickens that range freely, eat a wide variety of natural foods, and don't... Uh, and don't receive hormones or antibiotics. Mm-hmm. 
so they'll fill you up, but make sure that they're not the eggs themselves are not filled with nasty stuff. So you eat less because they're so dang expensive because buying free range anything costs you twice the cost of the, the yeah, regular stuff, right? You know, it's like if you're going to eat beef, then uh, go get that free range, uh, you know, grass walked fed. through the garden on Tuesday's cow and uh, grass fed meat. And, you know, yeah, it's $47 a pound, but you're only eating half a pound once every three months. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's, a, it's a big treat. Yes, and I know I'm full of sarcasm today, but, you know, I'm just saying that those things that are, are generally considered healthier are more expensive. And it's unfortunate that we haven't figured out a way to, um, to you know, like like when you're, you know, when you're counting pennies to get through the month that you don't have the option to do that. You know, it's it's it. That's the problem is, is it costs you more like even just getting fresh vegetables costs you more because you have to buy them more regularly to store because they don't last. They don't keep. So you don't really have a way of storing them. Um, so you have to buy frozen vegetables, which, you know, I mean, that when they're frozen, the cell walls of, of, of everything inside the vegetable burst because they're frozen and expand with the water in them. And so, you know, there's there's that degrades the value of the vegetable to some extent. You know, I'm not saying it's no good. It's just different than a fresh vegetable. And, uh, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that that, you know, that if you're if you're wealthier you're able to deal with that stuff and get that stuff and if you're less wealthy you you make choices well there is a way for you to get really high quality vegetables without paying a fortune it's called grow a garden. them in your backyard yeah. yes or grow them in a container in your house yeah yeah you can do you know do a box garden hanging off the back of your your stoop um, lots of different ways to do it so yeah that's true yeah, and and uh, you know, there's a company out there too that uh, I can't remember the name of it. I wish I had it off the top of my head, but I know my daughter subscribes, and she gets every two, excuse me, every two weeks she gets a box of fresh vegetables, uh, seasonal vegetables. But they're the ones that when the the vegetable buyers for the grocery stores show up, they look at it and they go, "Oh, that one's kind of misshapen. We don't want it." And so it's yes. a perfectly good carrot or tomato it just doesn't it's look just pretty ugly. because it's it grew in a different shape for whatever reason and you know there's a certain percentage that do but they know that most people going through the grocery store won't pick that one up and buy it and it's going to be waste so they don't buy it so this other company buys it packages it up and sells it and then donates the their they pay their employees and then donate their profits to charities to help feed people and i i will get the name of that that service uh uh and have it for us on the radio or on the podcast next week because um uh they do good work and it's a good way to get fresh vegetables cheaper nice so we are so. completely out of time and i have a meeting so i have no time uh to go over you go meet day. you go meet and i'll go uh you know take a walk in the cool morning i guess there you go <laughs> Happy weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday on KCAA at 6 a.m. Pacific time, and we will be broadcasting here live at 7 a.m.-ish, or you can download the podcast into your favorite podcast player. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you on Monday.
Thank you.